Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago, though, that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned, and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs all whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. Gosh, honestly, hold on to your pants because the the next hour and a bit is like a whirlwind. I am talking to the amazing wimpy eventer, Victoria Brandt. I've known Vic for quite a few years now. And she is, quite frankly, awesome. She is a a force of nature. She's just the most amazing woman. It's a little bit sweary. And there's also a just a, a trigger warning around miscarriage as well. Vic has her own way of being able to cope with things, as everybody does when these dreadful things happen. She talks about it very candidly. And this is her way of dealing and coping with something dreadful that happened. So I'm just giving you a little bit of a warning there. It's not all the way through. It's just a a, a portion. We just sort of come into it. But what a fantastic conversation with her. Absolutely gorgeous woman. Hello. Hello. (laughs) You made it. Just honestly... I hate it when it does that. Don't you hate Zoom? You know, when you're like, right, and then it's like, please download the latest version. You're like, no, well, normally you can just um, avoid that and go through a browser, but it wouldn't let me. I don't know whether it's, have you put some high quality recording device on your screen? (laughs) No, why? Have I got a really high quality? Yeah. Does it, do I look amazing? Look at that plant. Is that a real plant in the background? It's fake. It's to hide that that's the messy corner. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, thank you. I've got dogs in here, four dogs in here, all lying around, lazing about. I'm so nosy. I love those <laughs> cupboards as well. Yeah, so they're full of um crap hiders. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> full of full of art stuff. Yeah. I have my um I had my studio done uh two years ago, was it last year, the year before? Just because I'm so so messy. I'm so flipping Look messy. At you. You're like a fucking ball of confidence. <laughs> I love it. Do you know what? I just I said to Gary the other day, I said, you know, when I met you, you were like, I think one of the first things you said to me was, I'm not good enough for this. You really? told me that you thought you were shit. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like, even then, when you weren't as good, you were good. And now, we have it now, look. (laughs) Bloody hell. 
Oh, it's so funny. I, honestly, I, I, um, it is, it is funny, isn't it? How things just sort of, well, it's just snowballed, isn't it? Happen. Yeah, I mean, I've worked, I have worked, I have worked really hard, but, but I haven't. Um, <laughs> I've just no, sat here you know I mean? on a few pictures. <laughs> it's just a, no, but you, you know, even when you work really hard, I, I think I've had very, I've been very intentional about what, what I wanted to do. I think. And and I've I've taken my business. I'm not saying other people don't take their business seriously, but I have a real passion for my business, and I and I I put an awful lot. I invest an awful lot in the business and in my development. So I'm always doing some kind of a course. Always, yeah. And, I, and you think I, that help, that helps you have a more successful business? Do you? Um. Yeah. And you yeah. don't think your time would be better spent doing than learning to do? I'm doing the doing, I'm doing the art and everything, but the what I'm doing now with my business, if I didn't learn how to do it, I, it I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be able to do it because I always thought I was really good at marketing or, or you know, not bad at marketing. I'd, I, I took a like a marketing diploma or whatever and, and I've worked in marketing in, in a previous life and I always wow. thought, you know, I know, I kind of know, I know you're a marketer and I always thought, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at marketing. The membership side of marketing is so different. Yeah. It's like, you know. You mean like um, Patreon or? No, my like my membership, my my Ignite membership. So Patreon. Yeah, but in a similar vein, like getting subscribers. Yeah. Sign yeah. up to a course or. Yeah. 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 No, that, I, that complete, I completely agree. Yeah. It's completely different because it's all about funnels and pipelines and lead magnets and this and this and this and this and this and and what's the journey and it's just completely different and learning how to do these different things and learning how to you know like a mailing list how do you how do you use a mailing list it's been an incredible learning thing but you've got so many more arms to your business now than just selling portraits and pictures yeah and that that's really that's something like I'm like I want to pick your brains on because it's like that's a big change from what you were doing. Yeah, big yeah, change. Yeah. yeah, huge. I mean, teaching has always been something that I've been, you know, when I was coaching, I was also teaching people to be a coach or teaching people in leadership. So I was running sort of groups of people through an ILM course, you know, something like that. So obviously working with you know guidelines and everything and we had to work with certain criteria and they had to do certain things but very much getting into that space of sharing knowledge and 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 teaching and it was always something that I wanted to do and it's something that I think I naturally do anyway you know when I cite people (laughs) so when when um when Lucy who's she's been working for me nearly three years now when she first started she was a a social media expert that's why she came came on board for a couple of days a week and she had like a little list done a great job brilliant (laughs) um she you know she had a little list of things that she had to to tick off this is what we should be doing body she went through all of my social media and she said I could not tick one thing off my list and I sat there and I was like, how has she managed to get all of these followers without following all of these things that you're supposed to do? And then she was like, it's working. So we just throw the list throw out. Throw it out the window. Okay. Yeah. Because with, for me, with social media, it's always been me excited about wanting to share something. And that's that's the same with you as well. That's all that, that's all that does well, though, I think. Genuine 
heartfelt, passionate content is the only thing that has longevity. Yeah. Social media. I, 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 I will. I refuse to believe anything else. Yeah. No, it really. It I think really it's all a load of shit. <laughs> the al- what is this algorithm? What? Why do you even oh, think about that? Why just don't oh, even think about that word? Post something that you love that makes you feel something and it'll make someone else feel something. No, I know. We're and all humans. We're all wired like pretty much the same way. So if you read something you've written and it makes you feel something, yeah, someone else is going to feel something. Like, yeah. it's not, it's that basic. People overanalyze so much. I know, I know. It's definitely the over the overthinking thing. And when you're trying to to help somebody or or teach somebody how to grow their, you know, their Facebook or their Instagram, or whatever, I always come at it from the from the point of just be you, just bring your personality and write your content that you're, you know, when you post stuff, be excited about posting it. <sighs> just- I completely agree. I think it depends on what sort of person you are. Some uh, people so, need sorry. to be less of themselves, though. I will also say that. <laughs> probably me. No, not you. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I think we're all, I think we can all just go and, you know, I, you know, if you don't like something that somebody's saying, you, you can just. Oh, just move on. And that's that's the that's the pain of it all, isn't it? Because people don't just move on, do they? They yeah. feel like they've got to have something to say. But I, and I think I've crossed that bridge this week a few times where things aren't going so well and I share something and because you know, like I have got a whole world outside of the internet and I don't share everything all of the time. So I share what I want people to know about me that I'm happy to share on the internet. That does not mean that that is the start and finish of my life and my day. And so people assume things based on the gaps that they've chosen to fill for themselves. And that's where I really struggle, particularly at the moment where I just think, yeah, I've got some problems with the horse, right? And that has not been, oh, he went lame at Shelford on Tuesday. That is like four years of nursing aloneness that I now have exhausted every knowledgeable option that I have. I've used a vet, I've used thermal imaging, I've used the two different barriers. I've tried everything I can other than full investigative x-rays and I just I I didn't I don't want to go down that route because if you look for something you'll find it and if I'm looking for arthritis in a horse that's 18 I'll find it if I'm looking for bone chips I'll find them you know if I'm looking for holes in his tendons I'll find I'll find it all because you know he's not he's not five years old you know he has done a lot and I'm gonna find a lot more than I don't want to see I don't don't want to I don't want to see any of that stuff because I know that the the prognosis from the vet is going to be well he either retires or you put him to sleep and that's what I'm facing this week and I know that but I just don't I don't want it in cold hard facts yeah so that's why like that's why I've been avoiding it it's just shit I just feel like it's like the end of of everything I've worked for it's the end of riding that horse ever again probably that's the, I, and I because I've done I've done everything I can yeah yeah oh, everything God. that I can afford to do I've done yeah and so this is it this is just confirmation that it can't get any better with the financial outlay that I can afford 
So, <laughs> oh gosh, oh, yeah. So, so that's where that's where we are. Yeah. Closing, closing oh. the book. <laughs> But we're not we're not closing the book. We're probably opening an uh, opening another one, hopefully. Yes. But let's yeah. let's let's just rewind and um <laughs> tell me who yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. So tell me who, who I am. am. Are you? <laughs> yeah, who am I? So uh I'm a very unassuming person that was an oversharer on the internet back before people overshared on a daily basis. And I think I like you caught a wave that was far bigger than I ever expected it to be and I'm riding it right into the sand right now so I think uh, 2016 I had a horse that I was I thought was great and put him out on loan because of a probably slightly messier divorce than it could have been so I got married quite young divorced someone who I wasn't very well matched to and I (laughs) less said about that the better I had a horse that I couldn't afford to keep so he went out on loan came back and uh, he was not the horse that I sent out he was quite hot and full of himself and I had my then well now husband then boyfriend at the time sat watching the horse came down the drive got him off he looked fabulous saddled him up got on well I think I stayed on for all of 15 seconds before it went absolutely apeshit and went really to get me off and I went flying across the sand school and that was where it all started all of the problems then escalated from that point I had a horse that was just consistently trying to throw me off that then I just chucked in a field for six months I thought well let his brain calm down a bit brought him back in, got back on him, and it wasn't much different. So probably where all of the issues that I've now got stem from. We'll probably find out that he's had something wrong with him the whole time. But at the time, I thought we can work through this. And so I did put him up for sale a couple of times. But I thought it was on my honeymoon to my now husband that I said, right, we're going home and we're going to tackle this head on and I'm going to start going out eventing. I couldn't I couldn't even get on at that point there was a lot of sweating there was yeah just I don't really know what I thought I was doing I could have gone oh let's go home and just start hacking or go home and maybe do a bit of dressage in two years time but no Vic wanted to go out eventing so I started a Facebook page to document it more than anything else and within I'd say that was in August by November it had been picked up by the Horse and Hound magazine and a couple of quite large online eventing publications at the time was just like little mini blog posts on Facebook that I just wrote about how shit scared I was. And like I remember going on a clinic and I'd had four nervous poos that morning. And I just and I told people like I didn't give a I didn't give a crap about who what people thought of me. I just saw. I'm just going to document everything so that I know in a year's time, I can look back and be like, God, I was so scared then, you know, and, I, and now look at me. I was like, I thought this would be a good progress reporting page. And it turns out lots of other people thought the same thing. And I'll skip the next part, but th- like three books later. So I, I put the Facebook page into a first book um, committed to 
selling a thousand signed copies signed by me and the horse hadn't thought of the logistics thought maybe my mum would buy 12 I would buy another eight make it to 20 I'll stamp a few with a horseshoe well I sold about two and a half thousand pre-orders and ended up having to stamp the lot because I felt so guilty I think I had probably six or seven blisters for about two weeks from just pressing a horse's shoe into an ink pad and then pressing it onto a page and leaving 40 books open on my front room floor. And then, <laughs> oh, it's just a joke. So, um, and you illustrated them, obviously. That's how we met. And I then made a second and a third. And I've sold 25, about 25,000 copies, uh, hard copies, paperbacks, and then probably another 10,000 Kindle versions. I think it makes me, I think I'm in the top 1,000 self-published authors in the UK having had a look last week. So that's amazing. It's a nice, it's a nice that thing to considering, you know, not a single page has been proofread by anybody professional. There's <laughs> they're littered with spelling mistakes and swearing. And the layout wasn't good, the typeface is shite. The whole, the the way I've mashed those books together is rubbish. And that's why this year I've committed. And what are we on? The 5th of June. And this is now making it very public, isn't it? I am committing to reworking them into an actual book that I dare hand to someone and say, I've written this. That isn't just rubbish. Um, So like just reworking the content, taking out all the spelling mistakes, laying it out slightly better and adding a bit more like exclusive content and reworking all three into one standalone book and republishing it, maybe going down a published route this time because I don't have the time to post out 20,000 copies from my front room anymore. Now I got two children and a husband and a full time job. So yeah, I, I feel like that side of things, it's it did really snowball, like we said. But then um, from the books, I have obviously kept the Facebook page going and that's now at 60 something thousand followers. And the engagement is still really high. That's what I think still to this day astounds me. There's people so heavily invested in what I'm doing with my life that they feel like they know me and I love going to places like badminton horse trials where people come up to you and they're like, oh, Vic, you know, like, I'm the one with the horse. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you with the horse, you know, the oh. ones that I, I really have prided myself on, like trying really hard to reply to everybody that messages or, you know, I, and it's it's really hard now. And I will say my unread are just, it's just disgusting. And I hate that, but... I do really try and sit down at least once a week and try and clear that because, you know, people are taking this time to invest so heavily in my success and my progression that I think I owe them that. So yeah. I hate I, I, Do you know what? I, 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 I completely agree. And sometimes it is really, really hard. I did, a, I did a post a while ago and it's got, I don't know how many million views and it's got like a thousand and something, nearly 2,000 um, comments. But how do you not go through and like have to even just heart them all? I know, I know. So you really, it's you unsustainable. Do. Well, it, it is. is. It, it is. is unsustainable. You know, my screen time, I was just looking today, my, my screen time is like five hours a day already. I can't do anymore. No. But, you know, I, I do think people understand. I do think people understand. And you are very much like me you know you you will go through you will read what people say and it's you know it's lovely 
looking at what what the lovely things that people say and if somebody asks a question you will take the time to answer it yeah and I'll always now even if I can't go through and acknowledge every comment I'll always come on like midway through and I've read every single one yeah and I will put like a general like just a thank you because I just can't get back to everybody it's just impossible but people know that people but I am I am just so I'm so grateful for the support and I don't think I'd have kept doing it if I didn't have that so then from from that support it was oh you should do this you should do some merch you should do some hoodies or like brave pants and then I've gone oh all right then I'll do that (laughs) and so and then I sold I reckon I've done probably over a thousand pairs of pants I sell knickers on the internet that's funny isn't it um so I've just recently pulled it all back just because I'm just reframing the way I work at the moment just because obviously things are changing on the horse front and things are changing on the work front and I just feel like wimpy camps take up quite a lot of my time so from three maybe four years ago just before covid (laughs) typical we launched the wimpy weekender and I've done this will be tw- number 12, 12 camps in and I they are the best days of my life. I, I love them so much. I would do it every day if I could. It is the best experience I've ever gone on. I just I, I can't tell you how much they mean. Just you get there on the Friday. And so I take 50 women and men, actually. So the last 50. camp. Day, yeah, five, 50. Five zero. Yeah. 50, 50 people 35 horses so I can only I've only found two venues that can accommodate up to 35 so I take 35 horses 50 people I get I've got four trainers so dressage show jumping cross country uh pilates and physio and then I have um like demo riders in we do demonstrations on or we did willy washing last year that was a good one the horses always, always a bit of fun yeah my husband wishes it was for him <laughs> yeah can someone come and wash my willy please yeah it's just it's just a whole experience weekend but the whole thing and everything it's not about the training and I don't say that with any discredit to my trainers but it's not about what you're learning how to do on your horse it's how you're learning to do it and it's everything is geared up towards supporting each other and having a laugh and you know when you feel like you just can't do any more and the amount of people that have been in that position at these camps they'll sit there on their horse and they're shaking and they're crying and I just that that for me is where I know I have a purpose because I can coax them into doing stuff that they didn't think they could do and I I get quite emotional about it because and I, and I refer to one woman all of the time because she stands out so much and she is one of the most terrified horse riders I have ever met in my entire life. And I thought I had problems and confidence issues in the saddle. This, this lady in particular, she, she cannot, she just freezes. Everything in her human body cannot function. And she just shuts down and she's shaking and crying. And I just, and she's, She's fucking there doing it. She's coming on every camp I've got now. And she's out there having a lesson with three other people in an arena. She's trotting around. You know, it takes me a good hour to convince her to do it. But she's she's doing it. And then she'll take that and she does it then at home. And she'll send me pictures. And 
I just and I saw th- this week she's gone out and she's not riding like when she's taking the horse out, but she's taken him out, done a groundwork session. You know, she's still out there doing stuff with this horse, and and I know that she's doing it because of what I've given her like with the tools to be able to go out and have a go. And I just think, oh, I just want to do that for everybody that ever thinks that they're not good enough. You know, and you don't have to be shit. I've got some riders that are way better riders than me. Some young girls that I just look at and I think, God, what the potential in some of these riders is incredible. If they could just get past that, I don't want people looking at me while I'm doing it. Or, you know, there's always a reason, a catalyst for someone's low confidence. And I just think I pick away enough to be able to learn what that is and be able to nurture the other areas to just swallow it up. You know, you're too good not to be riding in front of those people. So just fucking get on and do it. You know, I, I am quite, I'm quite mean. That. And that's why, that's why I took myself out of the teaching position. I've taken a few of the cross country lessons and I'm, I'm angry. I'm like, don't do it. You know, they shout and I scream and, you know, after three days, I have no voice left. And, and they, they just, my return rate is over 80 percent so it's about 87 percent return rate so everyone that comes to one comes to another and another and another. some people have been to them all and I just feel like I I, I love that I love them so much that I, I, mean, I could talk about them all day but it's just it's just really it's a really special place and once you've been it's like a drug you know, and I feel, I feel it. I feel, I feel it when, you know, I, I want to do them all the time. Like, oh, can you do one down south? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I suppose I can. I'm like, I'm teetering on the edge of booking another one for August bank holiday weekends in the south. And I know my husband will kill me. Like, he ain't got the holiday left to look after the kids. Like, <laughs> like come on, I just want to do this all the time. Well, it, uh, is, yeah. it is, isn't it? It is, like you say, it is a little bit like a, a drug in the fact that you see these people who they're there they want to do it but they they literally have something holding them back yeah. you know and there's a stop but you know, knowing that they're good enough yeah is the is the hardest yeah. part for me it's like don't don't waste that you're too good to not do this mm. you know you t- you're yeah. getting too much enjoyment out of it when you do do it to not to let another day go by not doing it you know it's it's very I mean that it, that's just it's just a confidence thing isn't it it's mm. it's a confidence thing it's a it's a courage thing it's an overthinking thing it's an internal voice thing you know that internal voice that that's going on like you were saying these young girls oh gosh I don't want to be don't want anybody to be looking at me you know you almost want to put my 52 year old brain into their head and it's like I don't give a I don't give a toss what people <laughs> I'm just going to go out there and because you I think you get to a stage in your life where not everybody granted but I think I've certainly got to a stage in my life where I'm like I really like who I am I'm very comfortable with um, who I am you know I, I know what I like I know how how I want to behave and I'm really comfortable with that. But, but I think everybody has the potential to oh, be gosh, there. Yeah, yeah. And I just think like you, everybody has that decision to make. You have the decision to like who you are. Yes. It's okay to like who you are. Like categorically telling you right now that it's actually a really fucking nice feeling to like who you are. It and is. I just think bollocks to anyone that doesn't like you. I am. I've always been a real people pleaser. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it about last night. I thought, you know, I don't think I've ever met anybody that's outwardly said, I don't like you very much. You know, like, 
I, I people are uh, that fickle that if they don't like you, they'll go away and talk about you behind your back. But if you choose not to see that, you know, there's there's this awful website called Tattle Life that talks about influencers of any geese on on the internet. They're talking about them as though they're awful people, you know. And, and you choose to ignore something like that. You could choose to ignore people that perhaps don't like you, or you know. But sometimes I think you can fabricate things in your own head that people might think about you because of your own insecurities. Just just get rid of those. And you can just you can just be so much happier. Yeah. I know that's a really easy thing to say, but I've spent the last six years trying to get rid of something so desperately that has affected such a big area of my life. And I know it's ridiculous. It's a very first world problem to be frightened of a horse you own, but it affects so much of my outward life. You know, my personality completely changes when there's something going wrong with my equestrian life because it's been such a big part of me for so long. But I've I've had to address it because I couldn't have been that miserable bitch for for the rest of my life. And now there's loads of us. There's loads of us. There's loads of people that feel the same way. I'm like, I'm not on my own with this anymore. That's excellent because now we can all try and help each other get through it. And that's that's the network that people talk about on oh, my tribe. You know, I think, but the tribe of people that you choose to surround yourself with, the actual ones that support you are the ones that are the same as you, that are dealing with the same issues that you are. And that is a lot more people than I think most people realise. Definitely. I think people think when they have a a problem, whatever's going on, you know, personal life, business, whatever, I think everybody has it. And it's not self-centred, but we always think I'm the only one that's going through this. And And it's not, it isn't. No, and I and I I think it's it's even more highlighted when you have kids and there's a certain framework that you have to fit to being a parent. And I'll tell you now, I do everything I can not to fit to it because I don't want to be I don't want to be that like stereotypical. Oh, everything's going to be perfect all the time. So I do things that perhaps I shouldn't do to break the mold of parenting for other people. Because I know somebody's got to, yeah. you know, I, I feel like, like I let Rose eat a lump of bird shit yesterday. She's she's disgusting. I, and I know that's rank, but yeah, at but 16, yeah, it's going to be awful. <laughs> 16 months old. <laughs> I thought you've got to find I can't, I can't keep saying not in your mouth. I feel like it's the only thing I say to her at the moment. She like it. Quite, what? No, it was disgusting. And I don't think she'll ever do it again because then obviously I had to go and swill her mouth out, wash her hands. And that whole process was like, oh, that was awful. So hopefully, you know, she maybe do it one, two or more times. But I just think eventually she'll know that that's disgusting. You know, I, I, but I, I know that there aren't a lot of people that would sit and watch their child eat a lump of chicken shit. So, you know, I, I do appreciate that on a parenting scale, I'm perhaps, and I do, and I talk to people that I am probably slightly more unorthodox as a parent because I'm I'm very, let's just see, let's let it happen, you know, and I'm amazed that I've not had more trips to A&E, particularly with George, who's now three and a half. I, I feel like I've been a, let's just see, let's just, yeah. let's just see how yeah. that works out. You want to get off that pony by just slithering down and landing on the floor. Let's see how that works out, shall we? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I am all, that's how I, that's how I grew up. I grew up on a, 
I want to say a farm. It wasn't a farm. It was a small holding. I I have memories of herds of cows. Actually, we only had one cow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell a story about how, because uh, I have lots of siblings and how we'd been in the hen house in this, and I've got a vision of it. And we got stuck because this herd of herd of cows was kind of coming round, and we had to send the fastest runner out to go and get help, which was my <laughs> my, my older sister. And uh, and I was kind of recounting this, and she was like, "Bonnie, we had one cow. It was a Jersey cow called Clara, and she was, you know, I've got this vision of this massive herd of cows chasing us. It, it wasn't true, but I grew up." with um with animals and, and animals are still my my comfort zone I, I want animals around me all the time and I was always at the age of two three in the barn asleep with the lambs and you know playing around with the pigs and covered in and I would probably say I have got a really good immune system I'm I'm hardly ever ill yeah great um, but I, I think and my children my my youngest son I mean, now he he wears designer clothes and he has so much aftershave. It's unbelievable. But when he was little, <laughs> literally every single picture I've got, he is covered in mud. Yeah. Covered in I, it. I think it's it's nice memories to have growing up like that as well. And I think I had quite a similar upbringing, but I just feel like I don't want to be that neurotic mother. And I know I could easily slip into that. I know because deep down, you know, I've still got baby monitors on my kids and one of them is not even a baby anymore. You know, I know I could be that person if I let myself, but I think I've tried really hard to just be like, oh, it's okay. We'll just see how this goes. Get mommy a drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of drink, I'm I've now, so I've, I'm on a bit of a, another bit of a journey, which is uh, one into a more uh, financially fruitful career path, hopefully. Um, I just feel like for the last few years, where I've obviously been out having kids, I've lost a bit of myself. And I think it can quite easily happen, particularly for women, when when you think, right, so I'm kind of resigning myself to churning out a couple of kids now. I've got to the point where we can't leave it any longer. And I've got to have like nine months of sobriety and probably give up smoking. And so I've done all of that. I made those sacrifices. And now I feel like I've got to claw something back for me. And we've also bought a house during that time at auction. And it was a shed. I mean, it was like a derelict shed. And we're in it and it's got walls and it's got central heating and plumbing and we've spent a lot of money but I just feel like I've now got a real buzz for something else I love property particularly this Georgian style of house I want to do it again but I want to be able to do it so my husband doesn't have to work quite so hard so there's a financial draw on everything I do at the moment. And I think I've got I've got to start making some money. So here's me like absolutely barely breaking even for the last few years because I'm so ridiculous financially with the businesses. And I'm like, oh, for like the Wimpy Weekenders, they should make me loads of money. But I'm like, oh, let's just get some more stuff for the goodie bags or I'm such a spender. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. We don't need to make any money out of this. You know, it's ridiculous. It should be making a lot of money, but it's not. And so this year I'm really overhauling from a business point of view, uh, everything. So I've completely reframed what it is that I do for a living. I've always worked in marketing and I actually analyze which parts of marketing that I have always found easy and 
been good at and that hasn't actually been marketing at all so I've always whether the business that I've worked for has wanted it or not I've always dipped in as like a kind of consultant to a director and advised on business decisions for growth and so I thought well that's what I'm I'm really good at I'm really good at seeing the wood for the trees in a business that perhaps has got a bit stagnant or and like I love seeing growth I love growth in sales I love growth in the owner's confidence I love growth in numbers on socials I love I just love the vision of growth and so I thought you know I think this could benefit a lot of businesses you know dipping into a business for a period of time outlining how they could be more successful and make more money and then giving them the tools to not have to pay me a retainer and then like be successful and feel like they own that success I'll tell you that I love it and I love it and I'm I'm only like four weeks into this reframing but it's changed everything about my perception of work as well like I've had a client call this morning I've got another one this afternoon everything's changing and I love the direction it's going in I feel really successful already now I was like one client sign up by the end of June that was my goal and I've had four in the last 48 hours and I love I love it I love uh, being on the phone to someone and just hearing them go from so the first question I ask them is how they see the business and then I'll talk a lot for the best part of an hour and just give them a bit of a flavor of how their business could look and then ask them again at the end like how do you feel about now how do you feel about it you know where are we going to go with this in the next three years and the difference just in that hour is like and that's free. I offer that for free. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be. My, my husband hates but that's, like that. But do you know the, the free stuff I think is so I think is important for 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 a, for a people for a people pleaser. I'm a I'm a massive people pleaser. To give stuff for free makes it. it okay. Yeah. And I and I said about this business, you know, if they don't make what I've cost them back, they can have it for free. I'm that confident in what I can do that if they don't cover their costs in like three months, I'll do it for free. I just, I've got, I, 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 I'm like, I just saw that eye roll. That's the no, eye no, roll. No, no, it wasn't an eye roll. It was <laughs> a, right. I was, I was about to say, oh. you know, people, um, no, I completely agree. Yeah. People don't know. Yeah. You know, and you get so bogged down, uh, you know, when you're, when you're running a bit, any business and you just, you, you know kind of what you want at the end, but you just keep on doing the same, same old. It's yeah. the same with everything. You just keep on doing the same old, same old. And you don't, it's almost like you can't, you don't have the time or the energy to be able to look up and go, oh, we could try doing this a little bit. No, that's exactly that, how I feel. That's exactly yeah. what I felt like when I was writing like the blurb for the website. I was like, that is exactly the type of person that I know I can help. Yeah. Because I just feel like everybody is so bogged down with the daily juggling of those balls that if you stop for a second and drop one, the wheels are going to fall off or you feel like they are. And no one dare lift their head up a lot of the time because they're just pedaling and pedaling on the hamster wheel, you know, and it's like you you kind of have an idea of how a business should work or we should be doing this, we should be doing that. And that when I started to sort of put my my membership together, I had to take a massive leap of faith because yeah. I was like, 
this kind of goes against everything that I've ever done before and I've ever thought about before. The the woman who I was working with, a, a consultant, she was incredible. She had that really big thinking. Yeah. Really big. And and I had to really trust what she was saying. And I was like, well, do you know, what's the worst? I'm very open-minded. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. So let's just go with it. Let's just yeah, let's yeah. just do it. Let's just do it. And this is where my um when I talk about my development and my always buying courses and all of that kind of stuff, it's put me now into a circle of people who are way ahead of me business-wise, but who are really overjoyed to share what they're doing. Yeah. I'm I'm a member of two masterminds, two business masterminds. And there's people in those masterminds who have similar businesses to me. And and it's just wonderful that you, you you know, you're you're surrounded by people who will share, oh, I've done this, I've changed this, oh, I've I've added this, I've put in this, I've, you know, I'm doing this summit, I'm doing this, I'm doing and they they share and they share their processes and they're really happy for you then to sort of go, oh, I could do something like that. And and I'll share, you know, what I'm doing that then it just puts you in a in a circle of people who are all very similar in mindset but aspirational I think surrounding yourself by people that have no drive makes you feel like perhaps it doesn't really matter if you don't well exactly yeah and yeah. I, and that's and that's probably I mean no disrespect to my like peers or the people that I've been knocking around with for years but like I've got something in me that isn't like a lot of other people I feel like sometimes and finding those people that are like-minded is it's quite hard you know I don't I don't know where to find those but lucky for me I found a couple and they're spurring me on all the time and I'm like yeah like what am I doing what am I doing offering all of this for free and I did a media kit for Wimpy Aventa the other week and my reach is like half a million a month. I mean, what am I doing? Doing everything, all of the promotion, any kind of product placement is all, I do it all for free. I've not charged a penny to anybody. What am I doing? You know, like, and I think, and look at other people and they're making like 1,200 pounds for a few weeks. Well, that's, that's a really interesting question. Why, why aren't you? What is it about making money that is, that is making you do stuff for free because it, it feels is... it feels really disingenuous if I was then to start asking for a financial reward for something that I genuinely believe is the right thing to do so mm. and I feel it feels dirty then so if I take cash for it and I hate even putting ad on stuff I'm not getting anything back I won't even take product for free ever you know I Aria are the only business that I deal with that send me stuff to wear that I don't pay for. I just, I, I just feel grubby. I don't, I don't, it's, 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 a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't have to feel like that. It's not because it, I'm working. You know, I'm spending five hours a day on Facebook. <laughs> but if you were coaching somebody to help them in in their business, oh damn it. <laughs> I've worked worked tirelessly I've you know we've made a lot of sacrifices to grow this platform and I am not getting any financial reward for it I mean the books have obviously made me a certain amount of money but I don't feel like on an ongoing financial return it isn't financially 
stable and it should be it yeah. should be because I work at it more than I work at but if you think about a lot of it, other things if it's not financially stable then eventually it will if you don't start charging for stuff eventually it will have to go have to go yeah to put, I think hate about that. think about the thousands of people who I that would affect. Yeah, I know, I know, and that's why. So there's there's things that I am now dabbling in. Like, so I'm recording this podcast with you, and it was you that got me thinking about it. And actually, I had a conversation with a very successful influencer at badminton. Um, this is me and her dad, and he said, "You, you know, you're quite interesting. You should." You should be on a, uh, doing a podcast yourself. Um, oh yes, Vic, you're quite interesting. I just, <laughs> so but, interesting. I think, but I can talk a lot about a lot of things, and I think yeah. and I'm open minded enough to uh, be able to take on board the opinions of others. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I've got a, quite a broad experience of a lot of areas that would be interesting for other people to listen to. And I, think I think people would love it. I but think they would I love swear it. a lot. I want, I, well, I swear a lot, and people find it a bit crass, you know, and I, I do worry about, so it's a reason that I haven't gone into YouTube, is I don't want my children to be embarrassed of me when they're older, and that worries me a lot, so, and I know, I know you just look like, yeah, they'll love you for who they are, I get it, but, you know, I don't want it to be like, oh, mummy's a fucking embarrassment, you know, like, sh- would you shut up on the internet, mum, because it's really embarrassing, I don't want them to look back at some of the stuff I've done and be like, did you really take a picture of yourself in a portaloo having a shit? Yes, I did, son. <laughs> like, I posted it to thousands of people on the internet when I sat on the toilet with my pants down, probably poo coming out of my bum, and I was doing a video on Facebook. Yeah, I did, because I'll tell you what else. It was, like, one of those prolific moments where everyone will always be... There'll always be that person inside on the morning of a show. They will. I'm just prepared to out it. I'm prepared to say I I have a poo. I do poos. <laughs> I've got and, and now with my kids, I'm like I've got no problem talking about poos, and I've got no problem. Like I, I feel I feel like I'm at a time in my life where so many people have had their hands up my vagina. I just I'm past caring. I just feel like yeah, I'll take my clothes off at Wimpy Weekends and dive into a padded pool. I don't care. I've got bits that wobble, bits that don't. I just... Well, that's great, Vic. I've lost Honestly, all inhibitions. I don't even need a drink. <laughs> that's, that's great because... You know, and I I honestly believe we need more genuine people. And if people don't like swearing, then, you know, you can beep out the swearing when you yeah. have your podcast editing. I'll try. I'll, I try. I try really hard. People don't hear me swear. <laughs> so people don't hear me swear. And they, they, they don't hear me swear. I actually can swear quite a lot. <laughs> I swear at my dogs all of the time. And I think I it's because children. I get quite passionate about stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm limited in my adjectives. So I, I maybe I should just read a thesaurus uh, of an evening for a bit more, like... Just change research. the F word to flipping. Just change yeah, it to flipping. It just doesn't feel as weighty, though, no, does it? it? No, it doesn't. It's funny, no. we, went into, we went out of tea last night and um, we, we, we walked into the... My children are always taking the, the mickey out of me. We went, went out for tea and we stood at the bar uh, waiting. And um, the woman was like, oh, just uh, one be a second. And off she went. And Frank, kind of my eldest, who's like 20, 23, uh, he kind of turns around and goes, um, do, do you not know who she is? 
Do you not know who my mum is? Like, you know, they're always making these. Of course, nobody knows who I am, but you know, they're always making this this joke that oh, you know, mum, oh, you're on Instagram, oh, you're on this, that, and the other. I'm like, oh, for goodness' sake! Yeah, so, yeah, but it's, so it's usually just my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so they're so funny. They might not um, recognize my face, <laughs> but I think honestly, being genuine. I I think it is the I follow a lady on um, Instagram and her podcast uh, Mel Robbins from the USA and she is flipping awesome. Yeah, she's herself. What she's, motivating or she's she's motivating, but she'll come on with like really 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 crap hair, or she'll have like a a story <laughs> where she's done something really uh. stupid or whatever. And she has got I think she's got one of the biggest podcasts out there. Right. She's, I saw that. I saw that thing about the comment about your hair, mate. Oh, I, don't think, looks, so I don't think it looks that bad. <laughs> have you have you done something with it? I put was it bad before in. this? No, All it's right. never bad. But it, it's funny because I never really pick up on because I get lots of crappy comments on on stuff. Everybody does. Anytime you you put you have, I, I know you yeah, have. We just have to just suck it up and 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 off you go. But it was just the point. It popped up, and I was like. What, what a so random it's so um, random and it actually made me laugh quite a lot so I thought oh do you know and I don't normally pick up on stuff like that on my social media and I thought do you know I'm just gonna say something I was just like oh you know the amount of comments that I've had yeah. going, oh you look so nice oh don't you know don't worry and and actually people but really about it, but, what my hair looks like yeah who gives a fuck what your hair looks like I know. I, I just know. I like that's that's how I feel about a lot of these people that I help. They they dwell on something quite trivial. You know, mm. the the problems that that actually exist are are quite trivial and easy to overcome if they if they just realize that actually your hair just like but somebody that isn't that in tune with themselves and that far down that developmental stage would take that really personally and then they'd probably go and get it done or feel like they had yeah. to do something yeah. and then it'd be another focus to be like oh yeah. god maybe I'm not perfect and trying to please people all the time and I just yeah. think oh it's, yeah. it's such a tiresome way to live mm. it's so much nicer if you don't feel like that and it's why I will never go back onto a yard with my horse ever again so I rent a patch of grass and I am alone because that is where I am most comfortable. I want that time in my field on my own, not worried about what other people think, what they're saying behind my back, how I'm looking after my horse. You know, if I choose to treat him one way or not treat him that way or feed him one thing and not feed him another thing, it's no business of anybody else's. But when you're on a yard, it's quite insular and you get led by other people and you, I end up, and I I have done it for the whole of my life, as far as I can remember, I've made out that I'm shitter than I actually am so that other people feel more comfortable around me. And, and why on earth I think that that's a good thing to be is beyond me, because although I've lacked confidence on this horse, I am actually really capable I'm a really capable rider. I've ridden probably near on 500 horses in the last 30 years. I am not shit, but I have made out that I am because other people might like me more, might find me more, less of a threat. You know, if I go out there and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually really good. I can really help you. I I feel probably a little bit like, oh, God, I'm really nervous now. I've got to actually 
you know, prove that I'm really good or, but I think as I've got older, I've realized actually it's better to just say nothing and let people make that assumption for themselves. I don't, I don't say whether I'm good or bad now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just, so but I've always put myself down to make other people feel that, better. That's it. That self-deprecating thing is something that I, so I'll always, you know, I talk about, I don't, couldn't care less about my appearance and everything. And, and, and actually I do like who I am. I don't like the weight that I am at all, because it means that I'm not as mobile as I want to be and I'm getting older. And yeah, you but know, do you really, of... really like food? Because yeah, if, but I if, don't. Well, that. that's it. And if you right. enjoy that area of your life where you just think, it's worth it. I think sometimes <laughs> it is, but sometimes it's worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you be happier, like? not letting yourself have something that you really enjoy or being a couple of pounds thinner well I well I need to be mine's a little bit more than a couple of pounds but the, the my what I sometimes get really frustrated with is that I don't actually eat an awful lot so I don't sit here eating chocolate and crisps and you know I actually eat a really healthy diet but because of my joint issues I find it really difficult to do the Burn exercises that so I swim but I, I I find it really I find it a struggle to sort of walk any kind of long distance whatever. Yeah, do any kind of cardio. Knees are really bad because my knees are bad, and my knees are bad because I'm fat, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't. And, it, and it's like this vicious circle, and it's so. Yeah. Some most of the time I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, it's fine, and I'm doing yoga now, and yeah. that's really really helping. Yeah, really, oh, well, really that's where I, that's where I was going next. Oh yeah, I bloody love it. Honestly, I have um, I have an amazing lady, Carrie, and I do yoga every Wednesday, and it's really helped, really, really helped. I had a couple of years ago where I had a um, a personal trainer, and they got me doing kettlebells. And because I'm completely twisted, I've got a, a replacement hip, and I'm I'm completely I'm like my body's all over the place, and I'm lopsided. We were doing these kettlebells, and it totally knackered my back, and it knackered my back for two years just and to the point where it's just like you couldn't get comfortable lying down and it was just no. like no more yoga no well six weeks of yoga it's gone nice I and, I and I'll say I am a massive advocate for yoga not even from an exercise point of view or a mobility point of view mine was purely um so in the middle of my two wonderful children we lost a baby quite late on into a pregnancy and I was 19 weeks pregnant. And so I'd, I'd had a baby, um, albeit premature, healthy, like brilliant delivery, had a great time, like had been a mother for a year, fell pregnant again. And yeah, we got midway through. I was so excited to find out the gender of this baby that I booked a private gender reveal scan I was like oh plan all this gender reveal yeah so and we got to this clinic and we were sitting there like oh we went for lunch first and we were deciding on names for a boy and a girl you know the fucking old age it was like just the it was like a film I think back now and it was it was like a scene in a film where it's panning out with some slow music and then they walk into the clinic and the lady knew me she was um wearing I was wearing a pair of Fairfax boots she said oh I was really hoping it was you because obviously we I'd been very open about how difficult 
a time we'd had to conceive with the first baby and I was really hoping it was you when your name was on the list today and she followed me online and then 10 minutes later she had the awful job of telling us that our baby had no heartbeat and it was dead I can't I honestly it was I I instinctively at that time and I still now felt worse for her than I did for myself and I consoled her at the point of her telling me my baby was dead and I said it's okay uh, it's fine and she was honestly she was scanning for ages it felt like an eternity on this big screen in front of us was just a baby with a heartbeat and and my husband started crying and I, I just uh, I just was consoling everybody in the room but myself and I drove us to the hospital because we had to have it confirmed then by the NHS and relaying the story of what had just happened and then waiting for a sonographer there wasn't one I had to go to radiology have a, a an ultrasound done by someone that also wasn't geared up for telling me whether the baby was dead you know that was not their training or their job they were just a radiographer from <laughs> they just scan joints they don't tell people that their babies have died you know so again I was in that consoling position again it's okay it's fine everything's going to be fine it's okay it's okay to tell me that it's died you know that's fine and then I went home and it was just probably the most surreal probably 24 hours I didn't actually cry um, until probably that evening where it's like gosh that's really not a very nice position to be in now I'm sitting at home with a dead baby inside me because I it was a Saturday and apparently the NHS stopped on a Saturday. No, they don't. But there was no um, there was no result because my body hadn't registered a miscarriage. It hadn't registered the death. There was no sign of bleeding. There was just still my body was clinging on to a pregnancy of a, of a baby that had passed away probably a few weeks before it actually had. So, again, <laughs> bit rubbish. My body was just letting me down on all fronts. And... I think, yeah, I I did probably get a bit upset for what we had planned that day and how it hadn't gone well, but the whole enormity of it hadn't sunk in at all. And then I was absolutely adamant that I didn't want to deliver the baby naturally. So I'd had such an amazing birth with my first child that I was utterly stubborn in I'm, I'm, I'm not going and having a labour and a delivery of a dead baby. Not not a chance. I don't want that to happen. So I pushed and pushed for what they call a DNC, which is under general anaesthetic. And it's just over and dealt with. And then you wake up and you can go back to normal. That's, <laughs> that's how I imagine it being in my head. Anyway, because of COVID and the trust that I'm in, they wouldn't do it. I pushed and pushed for longer than I should have ended up staying at home for almost a week, knowing that the baby was still dead. <laughs> and caused myself an awful lot of unnecessary trauma ended up having to labor anyway and I mean I'm not going to go into the um, detail of that on here but that was by far the worst day of my life and I don't think anything can ever prepare you for something that you really really don't want to see And now I talk about it after months of therapy, uh, which I don't feel for me as a person really helped. I didn't feel like watching videos and 
talking to someone that hadn't been through what I'd been through really helped me at all I was always that pessimistic like I just don't think you can help me and I think because I put that barrier up before I even got there it didn't help what did help was um, the miscarriage association were really great but also talking about it all the time as though it even as though it happened to someone else and the more I talked about it the easier it got to accept that that happened and the easier it got for me to deal with my emotion around the process that we went through but what hasn't still sunk in is whether I believe in myself that we lost a baby or whether it was a scientific pregnancy loss that meant we just lost a fetus I can't Still now in my head, I can't understand whether we lost a son, which it was a boy. Did I lose a child or did I lose a pregnancy? And I'm still not there mentally yet. So I know that that takes, it can take some women years to understand that for themselves. But I feel like there's a lot of pressure on women that have had a miscarriage to grieve a baby. And for the sake of social media, I feel like I should feel grief and loss of a child, but I don't think I do. And I think it's the pressure of that social media influence that makes me feel I should grieve the loss. And, you know, you see women and that's, you know, everyone's personal, but like tattoos of the name of the child that they've lost on their arm or I, and I'm not that person. I don't think I, I don't think I feel that, but then saying it out loud makes me feel heartless. So all of this confusion, anyway, background to the reason I started this whole miscarriage conversation is yoga is the only thing that got me out of this period of time that could have very easily escalated into quite a serious bout of depression. And I'm not ashamed to say that there were times where I never imagined ever feeling like I could end my life or anything like that. I had George and I had Gary and I, you know, I am lucky that I had a lot of other distractions in my life, but there was a time where I thought, I just don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to face anyone. I don't want to go to the shop. I just, the thought of just even going on my phone and doing the food shopping online and having to see a man at the door was just, I just, and I had to do something, start yoga don't even know who recommended it to me but the clarity just after so I did three days of the same video on YouTube I did three days of the same program to try and learn the basics it was yoga for beginners by a lady called Adrienne yeah she had a dog like I loved it I was like right so I did three days yoga for beginners exactly the same thing for three days and I was like right she does a 30-day challenge once a year did that did the 30 days And I'll tell you now, after, if I didn't do it for one day, I slipped back into that awful feeling of just desolation, I think. It was just, I just felt lost. I felt like there was no purpose. I didn't feel like I had any drive to do anything or get out of bed or get going in the morning. I'd I'd almost like not resent parenting George, but I was like, oh, just something just, there was just always something missing on the days I didn't do it. And the days I did do it, I finished the session, I had a glass of water, I felt like a completely different person. I felt like I felt motivated. I felt almost like challenged. I was like looking forward. Some days I'd do it twice a day. And that sounds like an obsession, doesn't it? But after 30 days, I then went down to kind of every other day. 
then I went down to like once every couple of weeks, you know, and, and it was almost like a drug that I was then weaning myself off. And now I feel exactly the same again, but motivation with business or so if I get a bit stagnant with work or I'm like yesterday, oh, we had a really challenging parenting day yesterday where we thought, wouldn't it be nice to take the kids to recovery? I mean, it was just a fucking carnage. And you just, <laughs> I got home and I thought, God, I just, I just need 20 minutes to myself and I'll just take the laptop outside and I'll just go and spend 20 minutes on the mat with with, with Adrian. <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating on my husband sometimes. But yeah, she, I, and I've always followed this same woman and it's just, it's totally free. I just use these videos online and the clarity it gives me in every area of my life now is amazing. So every morning I've made, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all the weekdays, I get up every morning before everyone else. I do 20 or 30 minute session have a glass of water, make a cup of tea, go back upstairs, start my day. You know, I like, and that's how I work Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I have off, have off. <laughs> I would take it, take the weekend off. I take the weekend off because I drink on a weekend now. So I've started a band wine Sunday night through to Friday night. Friday night, you can have a drink. Saturday night, you can have a drink. But it was, it was a slippery slope. You know, you get into drinking, like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine when the kids have gone to bed. And then it's like, oh, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner. So that's two glasses of wine every night, is it, Vic? Because one, financially unsustainable. Two, because I drink really nice wine. This is not financially viable. And then two, I just think for my health, I was waking up in the morning feeling a bit like, oh, just not hungover because obviously I'm immune to hangovers. Um, I just felt groggy. Just it's not a good way to start your day, is it? Just hanging out your ass a bit. So <laughs> I just now leave it for the weekends. But yeah. I've noticed that as you get older, you've got to start making these lifestyle changes and big ones. You know, you can't just be like, oh, I'll stop drinking for a week and hope for the best. Since I stopped smoking, I've been way more healthy, way more healthy. I I, I, I do miss it sometimes. I'll be honest, we've moved into this house. Next door smokes. I sometimes God, I just just breathe that into my lungs, really, because... But then I just think I've made that choice and I feel better for it. So the wine choice is the next one to go. I've got to just like everyday drinking is probably not the one to sustain a long and healthy life for my children. I need to have a bit more self-control. So I'm trying to make a few changes and they're they're all kind of happening all at the same time. So we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. See how I and last night, you know, it was it was challenging last night. The carvery situation and you know, I think. It was just awful. So I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. If, if I can get through tonight without a glass of wine, we nailed it. Not every day is going to be like this. No. <laughs> we were at the, um, we were at the cinema. My daughter and I went to see The Little Mermaid last week, and we're, we're there at View in York. And um, and this lady comes in with these two little. I don't know whether they're twins, but they look like they were like three or four. These two little girls, and um, she kind of sat them down, and I was like. You know, you'd, you'd normally, if you've got two children, you'd normally put yourself in the middle and put one child either side. No, she put the two children next to me and then oh, sat no. at the end. Um, so I've got this little girl kept on kind of looking at me and my daughter, like making faces and everything. And I was like, well, but these two little girls, she clearly had come out with the intention that we're going to have the most fantastic afternoon. Yes. We're going to see the little mermaid. It's going to be amazing. And they were so naughty. <laughs> I, and, and do you know what? Speaking from experience, if it's if it's two on one, you're fucking outnumbered. You are outnumbered. You know, I, mine are one, one and three. 
And I'll tell you now, if they want to, they've got me. Yeah. Because there's two of them and one of me. <laughs> well, she um, ended I, up. I mean, they were running down the, the thing. She ended up halfway through, literally. Scooping them up. up yeah. And, and off they went. And they were like, ah, and I was like that woman all she wanted to do was and she'll have had that idea in her head oh we're gonna have gonna have a lovely yeah. <laughs> a little bit no <laughs> yeah because deep down they're just fucking assholes they're like they for a time I thought I've got it nailed I've absolutely got it nailed my kids are really well behaved and then you you go to somewhere like we went to yesterday and you know we uh, we went out and I'm just saying there was two parents two parents two kids you think that would be a nice situation with my little cereal box family going for a lovely Sunday carvery at the garden center following a nice round of soft play you thought this is I'm setting up for a really good day well I tell you now it was dreadful it was probably one of the most stressful days parenting I think we've had as a married couple I thought if I could now, I would chop off your penis just so we never have to have this situation ever again. It was, oh, I think as well, you know, I, like you have such grand ambitions as as a as a per, as a person, you know, like what can I get done this weekend? Nothing gets ticked off the list. You know, you think, right, I'm going to get home. I'm going to plant and plant stuff that we got from the garden centre. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Just have absolutely zero expectation of your day, and they're the best parenting days. Make a plan. You you you're just losing all the time. I just don't don't plan for things with children, particularly ones under the age of five. I think once they get a bit older, I'm sure it gets easier. But don't be making plans with tiny ones. My goodness, because they will scupper them all. Can't walk through a shop without. Oh, I want those bubbles. And I. And I'm, I, I I don't now worry about what other people think of me as a mother yeah. because I've have had the worst. I'll relay one story in particular because otherwise I might get a knock from social services. We were walking down Lincoln High Street. I was going to Clark's for a shoe fitting for the older child. And I am usually quite good in front of the kids. I am quite careful with my mouth, but obviously not. 100% godly about it and we walked past M&S and it was heaving with old people and my child heard a busker in the street and he turned to me in the loudest voice I think I've ever heard him say mummy what's that fucking noise <laughs> and I, I I can't I can't work out whether I was more embarrassed over the sound that just came out of my three-year-old's face, the the look of horror on the old lady's faces. It, I swear they turned around, it looked like I'd set him on fire. That's what they looked like. Or the pride in the use of the adjective in the right context. <laughs> I I couldn't keep the smirk off my face. And I, I just explained to him that, yes, that is someone on the street begging with a clarinet I, I, I don't know what else to say but it was just the most perfectly timed swear word coming out of a three-year-old that I couldn't get across so I just said well that's really a mummy word to use and from that point mummy's tried to be a bit more careful about the words that she uses in front of the children but I I just there's no rule book for it is there there's no rule book for it and uh, you know my kid says fuck and my other kid eats bird shit 
I think I'm not really a book that should be <laughs> be followed. But they're oh, happy and they're healthy and they're rounded. And I just think it's all that matters. Yeah, as long as they're happy, I really don't. I, I think you can when care they get, less when they're an adult or the teenager. They'll swear anyway. Yes, <laughs> yes, they will, and they'll. They'll do things that I don't want them to do. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking. Everyone says, "Oh no, Rose is like my my second child. Rose, she's um, sixteen months old, and she is the absolute model child. Has been from the beginning. Her entry into the world wasn't ideal, but her baby stage was just total perfect textbook scenario. Slept through the night from five weeks old." dropped night feeds quicker than you can shake a stick at she was just she's easy to entertain you can sit her down with one toy and she'll play with it for ages she loves sitting with a coffee and a bit of cake not her with a coffee but me she'll <laughs> she'll sit for hours she's like a she's the model child but everyone said oh you wait till she's a teenager that the tables will turn so george has been a little more tricky as a toddler I think he will be very sensitive and sensible as an, an older boy. And I think she will be trouble. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll tell you now, I'm all for a bit of cleavage and a bit of leg on Friday night, girl. As long as I can come with you and you're not embarrassing. <laughs> I'm coming out with you. We'll we'll try a cigarette oh, together. You. you know, like I'm I'm so open to allowing them to be but I I'll be I'll be that one that you're like mum you've really got to stay at home mum you've really got to wear something a bit more appropriate yeah. or you know I'm gonna be that one so I like and but I'm I'm excited for that next developmental stage in the children's lives like school and friends and yeah I'm oh, ready for that ready for it it's it's Amazing. such a it's such a big deal isn't it for so many people is they're like oh the transition but I'll tell you now for the second child if you've only got one listening to this with one kid the second one is is a is a cinch I just feel like because you've been there and you've done it all haven't you yeah. Yeah. but the, the milestones are so much less prevalent I just feel like like she's just started walking and we've not videoed much of it or like with George I was like my god he took a step oh he took another one let's get in the parks in a pair of shoes you know I'm like oh my god the first the first time it ever stood on its feet shoes immediately should I spend 35 pound on a pair of shoes that aren't going to see any soil you know whereas with those I'm like well you can be barefoot until you're old enough to need stilettos because they're dear and if you don't fit in his shoes, you're nah, it's just yeah. not worth it. It's not worth <laughs> it. I just the difference in the second child, yeah, it's really. immense. And I was really like, oh, we're having a girl, I'll buy all the pink stuff. I was like, nah, forget it. She can wear all of that one's clothes. Now it's and the, the I think the first few sets of clothes, I was like, oh, aren't these dresses lovely? Totally impractical. Just put her in joggers and jumpers like the other one. Forget it. I yeah, we're just it's much really? easier, much easier a second time round. I just oh, gosh. Then wait till the third one arrives. That's when you've got trouble. No more. No, we've <laughs> we've gone down the route of vasectomy now. So oh. yeah, I've I've successfully convinced my husband to have the gelding process. Yeah. Not literally. Um, yeah, no. The, the, yeah, they're still intact, but they, they don't work anymore. So that's that's the best scenario, isn't it? I just yeah. I, I I couldn't have done it again. I was a geriatric mother with both of mine, so 
yeah I'm done no, I'm, ne- I'm nearly 40 and I'm definitely done I'm, I've definitely felt more tired as I've got older like the longevity to keep going towards the end of the day like I get to three o'clock and I'm, I can see seven yeah. coming really quickly <laughs> yeah. I do I think it hits you when you get older though doesn't it it hits you like a train some nights I'm asleep by half past nine on the sofa I just yeah yeah I but, yeah I have quite a lot of energy and it's normally about half 11, midnight by the time I go to bed yeah gosh and what time do you get up seven do you yeah well actually oh I'm probably awake by about six gosh that's great I'd love to be one of those people that could stay up at night but I'm just not there at all no you've got children and children are exhausting they are exhausting. They are. Exhausting. They are. Thank you. <laughs> no, they really are because you've got that. You've got the physical exhaustion and the mental exhaustion of just checking where where they are all of the time, and that's what that's what's really exhausting. I could talk to you forever, and we must. I know. Like we're, t- we're nearly tipped I've over got, an hour, haven't we? I, I know. I've got a meeting in three minutes. <laughs> um, we can we can do it again. We yeah, definitely. And I would really encourage you to go for the podcast to create your. Yeah. Own I think yeah. it would be absolutely brilliant. Be really, really good. Be really I'll just good. put a, I'll just put a PG rating on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an X rating. <laughs> yeah, it's no. There's no. There's no topics I wouldn't want to be able to talk about. You no, know, exactly. So. And I think that's. I think that's really good. I've. I've really, really enjoyed chatting to you. Really enjoyed chatting, and I hope the the whole book thing goes goes really well. And and um, you know, hope you get some. I hope you get some clarity as well with uh, with poor old, with poor old Pat with his X rays and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. I just think I can't change it now. No. So uh, what will be will be, and Thursday is the day. So oh well, I'll be thinking about you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much for giving no, up, thank uh, you. your valuable time, and um, yeah, we'll chat again really, really soon. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.